Good day, folks! Or should I say, good evening? Very misleading, this where is. It's the two maesters, and we are back, baby! Oh, yeah. We are back to talk about Secret Invasion, episode one, two, and three. It's a midway point, because there's six episodes, right, Josh? Yes, yes, there'll be six episodes, yes. Nice, good to know. How are you doing this evening? Uh, good, good. Being able to enjoy some of the British summer as it's still here before the, the rain kicks in, but there are rumours that it, it will hit up to like 45 degrees by the end of August. So. 45? 45, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> right, that's right folks. Sit your ass down and listen, because let's talk secret invasion. Now, I'll just start off saying I've stopped watching the Marvel movies since about Fun Love and Thunder yeah Love and Thunder yeah I'm kind of ones in between that I haven't seen a lot and I kind of got a bit fatigued so I kind of went into Secret Invasion with a bit of scepticism so let's start off with you know what is the story of Secret Invasion Josh so Secret Invasion is basically one of the comic books that Marvel writ the, the scroll basically invade earth and replace key people so like in the original comics it's like not just key figures like you see in the tv series but also superheroes as well so i think because they've done this multiple times in different comic book settings like they've replaced captain america they've replaced um nick fury they've replaced key members in the avengers and they because you replace Nick Fury, but this isn't a, this isn't a parallel yeah, universe. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think the way that it works with the Skrull is that their powers is that they not only can turn into someone and because like there's actually looking like someone, but there's also sounding like them and also having the memories that they had as well. Right. So therefore, you can literally in basically go undercover like f- perfectly and be able to pretend that you are this person for so long. How do they get? the mind of mm. someone because I saw it in the first episode they go to like the Skrull rebel base and they see some humans that they've captured and they put them in these machines where they're like like these crystals yeah. going to is that how they take their memory you know I think stuff? they do it via their powers so like in the TV show you can see that they touch them right. and they're able to get their memories and like them being in the zap bit is to keep them in stasis oh, of course to keep like, them yeah they're like take his face now take his mind yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. and I think the way that the comic books is that the Skrull have like this a Skrull queen. So oh, like right, the okay. Skrull, the main enemy of the Skrull is the Kree. Right. And for those who have watched like um, Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, you see the the Kree there, especially Ronin, the, ex- the accuser, Ronin yeah, the accuser, cool. he's Kree. You also see the Kree if you've watched like the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s TV series, or if you've watched like Captain Marvel as well, the Kree are major components there. Okay. And this actually, see, Captain Marvel, the film, like is a prelude to actually Secret Invasion. I haven't seen Captain Marvel yet. I really so for those who haven't it. seen it, what happens is that the Skrull are fleeing the Kree because the Kree have taken over their homeworld. Um, I think they've destroyed it, actually. And uh, Skrullos is their actual homeworld. So they're basically refugees all over the planet, all over the galaxy, mm-hmm. possibly the universe. So what happens is that they come to Earth trying to, like, flee the Kree. The, the so then at the end of, like, Captain Marvel, so I don't want to provide, provide too many spoilers. Yeah, it's okay, Cap- man. I don't Captain Marvel that. actually wants to find them a new planet. Oh, but enough. Yeah, they want to find them a new homeworld for them to live on. But then she kind of like 
can't find anything. So that's what you kind of see like in the first and second episode of Secret Invasion is that they're basically like, you know what, we're tired of waiting for Captain Marvel, Cal Danvers. We're tired of waiting for, for Nick Fury to find us this perfect world when this could be our perfect world right here. Like, we can live here happily. And as you learn from like spoilers here from episode one, that they don't get affected by radiation at all. So they yeah, can live. They love it. They love chilling around it. So they? they can live in like irradiated zones, and also if there's a nuclear holocaust, they're they're fine to live there. Yeah. And I think the difference between like the Skrell in the which they're trying to turn towards, like in Secret Invasion, is that fans were upset that oh the Skrell you're having them like some innocent refugees, but in like the comics they're just as bad as the Kree. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I think that's what they want Secret Invasion to do to try and like trying to turn them back to like no they're not just refugees who are hiding no and that's why in like episode two spoiler here that the i'm not sure what she's in charge of again and one of the scree council no the scroll council basically says (laughs) we didn't end up we didn't end up like becoming refugees because we didn't want to fight it was because we loved fighting so much and the fact that they ended up so it wasn't and i think that's the big secret that Talos hasn't told Nick Fury is that his people aren't like non-violent refugees who are like we were attacked and we had to leave our home no we fought a war and lost a a war that we actually wanted to fight but ended up losing which is very different from being we were attacked by this powerful force and we've been on the run for years no we fought a war with this group of aliens the Kree and we ended up losing that's why we are refugees so then that's like a different concept because like if they weren't reluctant to fight and they chose to go to war is very different from you were reluctant you were invaded and then had to then leave your homes and i think that's what fans actually really want because that's what the the scroll actually are but they want to so that you know they're not not the innocent picture but like a, yeah. a, a mixed picture of it that these are people who actually just but unlucky lost the war yeah um also, the, the fact yeah. that they're not all evil and they're not all good. Yeah, like similar to like the the Kree as well. Like they're not all evil, they're not all good, but they are a militaristic empire. Like the Kree have like the the high evolutionary, not a high evolutionary. What do they have again? They they have like it's in the Captain Marvel movie where they have like a robot, like a, an AI which rules the Kree. While the Skrull actually have a queen, they have a monarch who who actually rules them in the comics. Okay. And I think they might try and bring her into like the larger MCU. And I think it's really, really clever, like the whole concept of the of the Skrull is that you you don't know if someone's a Skrull until you like full on like start questioning them and then oh, go further and back yeah. or or cut off their th- cut off uh, their finger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got met the some of the characters, and it's a very cool, like a uh, Sonia Fallsworth. I guess he's the MI6 person. That's great. Like yes. I love how Olivia Coleman, yes, playing her <laughs> as well, because they've actually factored in Olivia Coleman's. Like you know, she usually plays like lovey dovey sort of character, yeah, nice person, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and then she's kind of like, oh, it's a bit like really friendly and polite, but also like she cuts off and tortures people's <laughs> fingers and stuff. Yeah, you don't want to cross her. Very cool. Um, and I like the guy who plays Talos, as you see. Yes, yeah. Ben Mendelsohn. He's a great actor. He's yeah. been in so many. He's really good in Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, in Rogue One as well. But a man of your talents? <laughs> a farmer? 
yeah he's he's great australian actor i love his accent as well uh very cool and of course samuel jackson you know yeah he he i think he somewhat steals the show in this but there are some really good actors in like olivia coleman's good ben mendelson uh, amelia clark was pretty good although after watching episode three, by the way, we are going to be talking about spoilers in this. Yes, so. yes. Damn, is she actually dead? Holy <laughs> cow. Oh, my God. Yeah, no. Oh, well. I guess there's... The thing I find about Secret Invasion is quite impactful, actually. Yeah. Like, episode one, Agent Maria Hill dies. dies. Yeah. 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 I mean, if I'm honest, like, sorry to all the sentimental people out there, but she's always just been like a a side character I'm not going to lie I feel the same as well oh, rude, 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 rude. you're going to get ourselves in trouble for that you know it would be funny if she was an actual scroll from the beginning but then yeah. she would have yeah but then she would have turned back when she died hmm. yeah she could have been I feel like something's going to come up like she's yeah. not actually because you didn't oh mind you you saw her body flown to the UK but you didn't actually see it they always do this in movies. Like yeah. someone gets shot, maybe like Commissioner Gordon gets shot in the Dark Knight. And you're like, oh, he's dead. And everyone pretends he's dead, and then the last minute he's like, surprise. Yes, yeah. So it could be that she comes back, but she could also actually really be dead. But this is cool because I'm liking this in Marvel movies that they actually start to take a turn of like there is points at which a superhero can like a superhero will die yeah, and yeah. they're dead forever they're not just going to turn back time and bring him back and stuff like with um Endgame love how Tony Stark died but, sorry big, big spoiler there but I don't care <laughs> if um, they haven't watched it now they will not watch it at all <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um I do like how they're making it a bit more Game of thrones because what bored me about the Marvel Universe eventually was it's the same formula, like superhero style, grassroots, um, yep. big villain comes on, brings him to his knees, and then by the end of the movie, he always mm-hmm. defeats the villain, no matter what. So he, she, always defeats the villain, no yep. matter what. There's just no... It's too formulaic, you know? Yeah. I was getting a bit yeah. bored of that, but seeing Secret Invasion, I mean, it's probably going to wrap up and have a happy ending, or maybe it won't, but... Um, Love how it's going very emotionally gripping, like yeah. how Samuel Jackson's bit with Samuel Jackson's always, always <laughs> Fury. <with> Samuel Jackson. <laughs> Nick Fury isn't really at his top shape, like a lot of people say, shambling around. He's looking old. Um, and he's kind of like he's lost favor with the American government as well. Like, you yeah. know, when he has that yeah. argument with what's his uh, name? Uh, Colonel, Colonel Rhodey. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, damn, like that yeah, actually yeah. basically. Yeah, and I, I think the issue is is like if you watch like the end of Avengers 2 when he's basically and then no I think Winter Soldier when when you see him Winter Soldier and he's basically like the US government realizes wait a second so the 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 actual group that that Nick Fury's been in charge of has been Hydra for 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 how long and and he didn't he didn't know anything about it and like I think he, he started to like lose his 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 mojo there because like before it was like oh if we need anything done nick fury can help us but it's like wait a second is he actually that good if he didn't realize yeah. he was working for hydra this whole time it's kind of it feels a bit like picard in a way because now the romulans are pissed off about picard in that you made us these promises you said the federation would come mm. and sort us out and they didn't you're a man of like promises but empty actions same with like nick fury very 
yeah. parallel vibes yes, between yes. Star Trek yeah. and Secret Invasion with the uh, Skrull and um, Nick Fury. I find that quite interesting, and you kind of feel yeah. sorry for him because he's trying to do the best, and, and he's in love with one as well. And I think another issue is is that he added, he made the situation worse because he trained them. He trained them in methods of like of spying on combat on infiltration to basically clean up the Earth's messes. Like, imagine if like Picard was like, you know what? While we wait for the Federation to come in, come, you can do some Federation work and we can train you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why I kind of Gravik, um, as much as you know, he's obviously a very bad baddie. You could sort of em- empathize or sort of understand his point of view been waiting too long for Nick Fury to deliver on his promises and they've been doing stuff for Nick Fury in that time you just feel yeah. used like a tool and you know you've got your civilization yeah uh, I've just got to say though I love it how he's got like a has he got like a Brummy accent or something yeah, or yeah, Midlands just, accent yeah, or something yeah. like I don't know how I feel about these uh, you know when they get like a English bad guy and bring them in because like the accent's just a little too strong like I guess that makes sense with the scroll because they just impersonate someone so that accent isn't actually theirs it's who they take yeah good point Hmm. yeah and I also think like um, but the whole thing with the with the scroll is the fact that it's kind of like they've seen how bad humanity hates each other and also how bad humanity hates outsiders yeah and like to Gravik it's like they're never going to accept us so really, I should just be caring about us. And it's like, even if you think about that, like how many times have hum- has humanity actually had that same way of thinking? Like, Oh yeah, well, I see a lot of parallels yeah. with this and like, you know, the refugee crisis has been going on for the past few years. So it's kind of like, uh, what do you call that? A spirit of the times yeah. show, I feel like. Um, so you can sort of empathize with some of the characters in it. And just quickly, it kind of links to, did you watch um, uh, Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, Falcon and the Winter Soldier? No, I had it was crap. It's pretty good, but it, I think... Oh, fair enough. W- what it does is that it takes from the times. So basically what happens, the whole premise is of, of it is that humanity came together during the blip because you had loads of jobs that needed to be filled because no one had them. So many of the countries were like, you know what... Um, our refugee population, you can take jobs. We're going to invite people from Africa. You can take the jobs that we need right here. And there was all this coming together of humanity that we need to come together to survive because we've gone down from like seven and a half billion down to oh, 3.75 yeah. billion for, because of the blip. <laughs> so, then, so then things had been implemented to make the world a better place. And like there was space for everyone. People would have like... You could, there was mansions, thousands of mansions that people could move into. There wasn't a housing crisis in the world. So when the blip, are you then, trying to say Thanos was right? <laughs> <laughs> when the blip was like undone, what the governments did was like, you know what? Um, we're going to go back to everything before anyone who owns property that belonged to someone who had gone disappeared with the blip. That property now has to go back to the person who disappeared in the blips. So you'd have people being kicked out of their houses who've been there for five years, but being told no, because the because the actual real occupant who disappeared because a mad titan got rid of them, it's actually theirs. Like, imagine, like, you have a house, a car, a PC, yeah. 
and even possibly like money in your account. And they're like, well, no, and a job. And they're like, nah, the, the person for each of those has come back. You need to now uh, pack it and go back where you came from. I think that was the interesting idea, dynamic. Yeah. And I think yeah. if they worked on it better and they focused on that more, I think it would have been a better TV series. But yeah, it kind of links that into like in Secret Invasion where you have another, because like the main villain in that was like, she was like, well, we came together and we want the world to go back to where it was during the blip because like we had lives, but now everything's been taken away from us when you really should have been like, find a leeway, but governments were like, you know what? Um, kick them out and just bring back all the people who, who were taken away with the blip. And you mm -hmm. can kind of see it like in Gravik's character that it's like, um, we want, I want a home world. And I think the issue with, for me with Gravik is that he, but you know when you have like leaders who are like, you know what, I'm, I'll do whatever it is to whatever bring about, takes, yeah. whatever it takes. So like the fact that, especially in episode two, when they found out that the, the scroll had told uh, Olivia, Olivia Coleman's character, like what that he told them, like gave them information, the fact that he just killed him and he's happy to, to kill other, other yeah. scrolls to achieve the same. So it kind of gets me thinking that does he actually care is he, is he doing it because he cares for his people or that's the task that he's, that he's focused on? Like, you know, you have like villains who actually care, like I'm doing this for my people and there's villains who are like, you know what, I'm just doing this because this is the task that needs to be done and they have like no emotions tied to it so they're willing to kill everyone around them to achieve this aim because that's yeah. the aim they're focusing was it, on. Was that victory by any means? Like, yeah. don't judge me on my methods, judge me on my results. It does seem like that kind of character. Um, it'd be good to see a bit more backstory of him because you only see him in that flashback scene in episode yeah, two, yeah. you know, when he's a kid. So it'd be good to see a bit more of character development because this show does seem a bit more about emotional impact there. Um, and also Samuel Jackson's badass lines. <laughs> so i need to know so we've uh, we kind of know the backstory to the scroll yeah. uh, which is good thank you for giving that should we expect any like avenger cameos in this do you reckon apart from uh colonel rhodes i guess because he's not really part of the avengers we also had like martin freeman but yeah he's oh yeah i think potentially so one of the things that the scroll were able to do is that the scroll and the kree funny enough are like major fantastic four villains Right. They were first like introduced with the Fantastic Four, but because Marvel hasn't had access to the Fantastic Four until recently, yeah. they've been like putting the Skrull to the side and like bringing in like side characters. Like they brought in um, Ronin, the Accuser. They brought in the Skrulls now. But then one of the things that this is a major spoiler for all those. So are you fine with with this spoiler, Morgan? I mean, it's not like we haven't been talking to someone already. So, <laughs> so this is this is a spoiler for episodes to come. So this, so if you don't want to listen, please, please mute this part or skip this part. <laughs> like they, you know, in the lab in episode two, and that you see like when, or we even see on the computer when um, I forgot what her name is, Amelia Clark's character looks at the computer, and you see the different like um, elements and different like um, things that are going into the project. Yeah. So you've got Extremis, which is the 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 heat, the the superpower, like. Thing that was in Iron Man 4 that then caused people to explode. Oh, uh, right, okay. You've also got, I think, something from from the other films as well. So what they're trying to do is create a... 
Super Scroll. And there actually, uh, yeah, there actually that, is a Super Scroll in the, the comics, but what he does is he takes the powers of the Fantastic Four. So, you know, the thing's powers that he's strong and has hard skin. You've got Mr. Fantastic. He's a very elastic. You've got also Johnny who can go on fire. And then you've got, um, invisible woman, invisible can, woman. Believe it or not, can turn invisible. And then create like force fields. I think she can partly read minds if I'm correct. Right. But then, so because they haven't got any fantastic four to develop this, this character, they're then using like different elements of the MCU universe that they've said before to then make this super scroll. And that's why Gravik said like, Oh, when the guy asked, what are you going to do if they bring in the Avengers? He said, I'm working on the solution for them. And that's what the super scroll is, is that he can I, take superpowers. He can basically copy that. Superpowers. No, no, He will have like the four main, like, um, fantastic four powers, oh, right, okay. but then not get them from the fantastic four you'll get them from like the different elements within the MCU. So then he will be the trump card that the Skrull will have if they bring like a superpowered individual. It'd be funny though, because if they got, you know, Tony Stark, it's just money. We just suddenly get money out of nowhere. <laughs> I suppose you get all the memories and engineering knowledge of Tony Stark, but yeah. he doesn't really have superpowers though, does he? Yeah. And the question is, is like, even with the Avengers, it's like, who can you really call with the Avengers? Like, Doctor Strange is on his own his own thing. Um, Thor isn't even on. I don't think he's on Earth anymore, especially after Love he's and Thunder. With some, some he, emotional stuff, and he's also got a child to look after as well. Oh, so yeah. he's he's not really game. Um, you've got Black pa Black Panther has sadly passed away, and then mm. Shuri's taken up the mantle, but hasn't joined the Avengers. Um, you've what got you've got Falcon. The What's the Hulk doing? The Hulk is on a mission to like to to be I think another issue is like the Hulk is more of a scientist than a fighter and yeah. now that he's combined like the Hulk and um oh my days what's his actual name again Bruce Banner and the Hulk have now combined and now they're this one person he's more reluctant to fight Hulk smart yeah and I think like they're gonna have to revamp the Avengers to come up with a team because half the team is dead being Captain America um um uh, Scarlett Hansen's character Black, Black Widow, Widow yeah. and Iron Man are dead then you Thor is in the wind Captain Marvel we don't know where she's gone and it's like what about the Marvels what's that show the Marvels or movie? oh no, will have something about I it? think that will kind of like link into where Captain Marvel's been okay and I think that's why some people are saying the, the Deadpool film that's coming out no will, be, will be will be critical for Marvel because the question is is that is that film going to like break open the Marvel universe finally and you get the X Men in the MCU with like Wolverine and Deadpool entering into the MCU so therefore you can then bring in Blade you can then bring in like uh, the Fantastic Four you can then bring other people in and I think that's the the, the key thing is that even if they did have Avengers on Earth, like who's going to come save the day? It's like, is who, who is the, the major Trump card who can, who can save the day? Cause like Hulk, Hulk about, would be, what about, um, the Falcon? Where's he new Captain America? Yeah, he is, he is yeah. the new Captain America, but then it's like, so it's the Falcon or well, Captain America and also, um, winter soldier. Yeah. You would then probably then try and bring in, um, the new Hawkeye, who's the the woman who's from who was in the Hawkeye TV series and also bring in the the 
other Hawkeye. They also would bring in like <laughs> how many Hawkeyes uh, are there? There's, there's two of them. It's because you haven't watched the TV series. Yeah, no. I They'll don't. bring in like Jang Chi. Yeah. He will be brought in because I think he's like an honorary like Avengers member now because they're trying to refill the, their ranks. But the question is, is like, are they strong enough to take down a Skrull with all the powers of the Fantastic Four? Mm, which is yeah, which is true. very debatable. True. True. Well, we'll see. It remains to be seen if that will happen in mm. this series. But yeah, episode three does definitely end with um, Gravik talking about the Super Scroll. Okay. So, in terms of some of the characters in in Secret Invasion, who would you say is your favourite other than Nick Fury? I'd have to say Talos. I love his accent. I just don't know why. Like the way he's the way Australian, the way that I think the way is he talks, and also the character as well. Like the fact that he lied to to Nick Fury. Well, he didn't really lie. He just withheld the truth from Nick Fury that millions of Skrull had actually come to Earth during the period. And I think that scene where they're on the train discussing with each yeah, other that argument was cool. Actually. Was, yeah. Cause he was like, what do you want us to do? Just wait for you to come back. It was five years. And to your point, you're like, yeah, it was five years. Like, what do you want them to do? Like to just be scattered around the galaxy, being constantly hunted by the, the Kree, mm-hmm. potentially further dispersing as a group, losing their culture potentially. And then for him, it's like, well, there's a place here and I think he saw that well if I can work with Nick Fury I can work with other humans on this planet maybe I can convince my people to then try and like to integrate with humanity but then you also had Nick Fury's side of like humanity hates humanity yeah. <laughs> all they need is just an alien to unite humanity and turn that hate somewhere else and people have said like what unites humanity isn't love it's, it's, it's hate like you just see world war ii what was it it wasn't love it was hate yeah it's and true. it's like what would get and like the fact that i did mention i think it was the last episode we did like on star trek that there's a treaty within like the soviet union and russia and other countries that if an alien threat did invade earth during the height of the cold war they would all team up to attack said alien threat and it's like all you need, like you, you even said, all we need to unite humanity is an alien threat and all of humanity would be like, you know what? I might not like you, but I hate those aliens a lot oh. more. <laughs> Boom, you've got one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you can see why that, you know, just like the realism of it, you could really understand how that could be yeah. an issue, especially that, you know, they're shape-shifting because like, there'd be witch hunts, there'd be people like not yeah, trusting yeah, like, yeah, anyone. Yeah, yeah. How could you anyway? Yeah, like, like one like, million, that like could the, be the, the McCarthy witch hunts, like I was reading up in like in Hollywood, like yeah. people, like movie studios would be like, oh, you know what? Um, these actors want more money. Let's say that they're communists so they get arrested and then we don't have to pay them. Like imagine like people would do that oh I've hired well, you for okay. a job and say oh he's a scroll. he must I'd be a scroll. I would know for a fact you're not a scroll. I'd just do it anyway yeah that, people now will do that podcast. people will do that like as you said with witch hunts they'll be like yeah. you know what that woman I don't like her she's a bit weird she must be a witch I'm going to tell them and then she'll be burned at the stake and potentially I could steal her stuff like how many people would be like you yeah. know what that that person's a scroll. and the issue you have is that people they'll think oh we have to torture them before we find they're a scroll and some governments will be like well we can't really turn around and say that they're not after all we've done so we'll just say that they are even though they're not yeah it's easier to excuse it in that way yeah, yeah. good point good point I, I do like the idea of this where would you say is the inspirations for this are from i think 
they do take a bit from like have you ever watched like the TV series Spooks on BBC mm, yeah a little bit back in the day I think they've, the day. they've taken some elements of that like the impact of like anyone can possibly die because I remember watching Spooks you would like fall in love with this character like one of them like main people in the group in season one died after the third episode Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things people liked about Spooks was that apart from, like, the main guy who was in charge of, like, MI5. Yeah, how was his name? Harry or something? I I think it was Harry, yeah. yeah. And, like, his, his, like, special advisor, everyone was fair game. And I think that's one of the things they're trying to implement with with um secret invasion and also yeah. the rating yeah. as well mm-hmm. secret invasion i think in the u.s is a 16 a 16 really yeah it's just because of nick fury swearing <laughs> you know he's so badass and also like the violence when she when olivia coleman's character cuts off his finger, his finger yeah. yeah the fact they actually they actually show it would have to then also bump it up to a to a 16 15 that it can't be a pg 13 yeah i noticed there's definitely a darker tone going on with this than the usual marvel fair yeah um yeah, especially with, like, I mean, you know, as someone's daughter dying so soon, she's a big actor just to be killed off like that as well. So it kind of surprised me. like, oh, they're, they're doing something different. They've changed. Mental health is really important to us to pick up the mic, and we love to share resources that can support your mental health. And that's why we are so glad to have today's sponsor. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this video. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get you started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live appointments when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't right for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility and at an affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash pick up the mic. I've also linked them down below in the description. So again, that's betterhelp.com slash pick up the mic, M-I-C, uh, and start your journey today. So, yeah, I think there's some elements from like even older media, like um, hmm. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like that's a really old like black and white movie from back in the day of like, this idea of just aliens coming down and just basically taking the form of humans and like killing off that said human so they become them and you just you can't tell. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a very like tried and tested like theme in Hollywood, this idea that people seem like who they are on the surface, but beneath there's something else going on. I yeah. do see some inspiration in that for sure. Um and the whole idea of like, you know, World War Three and doom and mutually assured destruction that there's secretly red flag operations like not all as as it seems mm. you know the yeah. whole, whole idea that for example disguising yourself as an American terrorist in Russia to basically simulate and pretend that this is what was done and 
encourage yeah. that mutual yeah. destruction. Yeah. Or the fact that I think the very funny thing is also the fact that it's filmed in London. I think it was. It's yeah, near, it's near. What is the building called again? Oh my name, my sister told me. building, but they yeah. went across Lambeth Bridge the yeah. other day, and that's so close to where I work. And I was like, damn. And I was like, and I, and funny enough, because I've watched the Flash film, they also did the filming there as well for the Flash. And it seems like Hollywood is like they like we've run out of spaces in New York to film. Let's go to London, because like even the the Batman film, the you know the one with Robert Patterson, he that's filmed in London as well. And a bit in Glasgow. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So I feel like Hollywood is like, you know what? We filmed everywhere in New York. Let's film in London and also sometimes pretend it's New York. <laughs> like, I think even some of the places which were technically Moscow, I think some of them might have been Germany and some parts have been like been like London. I was thinking, when did they film Secret Invasion? Because, I mean, obviously, mm. they certainly didn't film it like a couple months ago. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, especially with the content. <laughs> you know, even like COVID and stuff, also the political situations. Like, this is pretty big that they're, yeah, they're yeah. filming in Moscow. Yeah, and I think the another thing that people are saying, the fact that the they if COVID had happened before Endgame or before um, Infinity Wars, they probably wouldn't have used a blip. Because Why? then, because then, so many people were had died because of out. COVID. They would have been like, "Oh, that that's in poor taste." <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is Thanos introduced COVID? <laughs> no, I am not. I am not saying that. Us, guys, this is not that. conspiracy theory. It was Thanos all along. But I think one of the things that I have liked about Secret Invasion is that the the actual like character you actually get to see characters. So it's based on like, you see the plot, but then you also get to see strong characters throughout the show. You see like, even with like um, Don Cheadle's character, Colonel Rhodey, you see his character, even though he's only there for like maybe 15 minutes, you get to see his character and it's memorable throughout the whole series. You see like Nick Fury's character, you see Talos's character and also yeah. their relationship between like Talis, Talos. And also it's funny. Like when, when Nick Fury says, how does he say it again? He says, Talos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talos. The way he says, yeah, that yeah. always cracks me up. And then Talos is like, I don't remember what Talos was saying, but like Nick Fury's like, no, I've seen some pretty beautiful scroll. That's certainly a new buddy. <laughs> and then later on, you're like, ah, oh, now, now I see yeah. why, he get, why he said that line. But I find that this is a concept I was thinking of. Like, say if you're in love with a Skrull, yeah. aren't you just in love with who they're... You know, unless you're actually in love with the goblin, like... But then you could kind of say the same thing with, like, um, Scarlet Witch being in love with Vision. Like, Vision's technically, like, a is a robot. But then he, at least he is, he's not going to change, well, unless he can, I suppose if he is a robot, he, he can change form, yeah. can't he? Oh, yeah, he can. Like, yeah, because he can make that. himself look more human. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because, like, my sister was like, oh, my days, that, that's that's nasty, that's disgusting. Like, the diseases <laughs> that probably could pass through, like, why would you, she's like, they're not even human, but I was like, yeah, but but you were fine with, like, with Scarlet, um, with the Scarlet Witch dating a, a, a technically a robot, a but man-made robot, What would happen if a skull and a human had a baby together? Because what would, uh, assuming that's possible, what would they look like, you know? I think that would be a weird thing. Because, like, there is a comic book like World War Hulk where Hulk has, like, kids. And I think in, like, She-Hulk, I haven't watched She-Hulk, but one of the things I did hear is that you see the Hulk's kids. 
Really? Okay. Yeah, I think he's got two in in World War Hulk. He has two sons, but I think in She Hulk, she's got he's only you only see one or maybe two. But then that's weird because they're literally green. Because you know that he had that whole time period where he stayed as the Hulk yeah. after like Avengers. So you're 2. trying to say did he conceive? As the yeah, Hulk? and like like I I don't I'm not sure that they can turn human because I don't think they are human because <laughs> people are like the Hulk and Bruce Banner are two separate people. So they've probably taken the Hulk's DNA, not Bruce Banner's DNA. Oh. So technically, they're stuck being green. Maybe the Hulk- kids can turn into humans as well. I don't know. This, and, this is one of the like, weird like, theories. And I think yeah. the issue is is that. This is, I think, the weird thing that if you you have to go really into like Star Wars law, or not Star Wars, Marvel law. So like in Marvel, you've got like variants species. So what was no deviant? Sorry, deviant species. So right. Thanos was a Titan, yeah, and he was a deviant of the Titans, and he is related to um, the Eternals. So I think he's actually cousins to uh, Angelina Jolie's character in Eternals. Right, okay. And he is a deviant, so they those are people genetically, like, genetically deformed beings who are, like, aim... But most of them are considered evil. Right, yeah. So, so what happens is that... Humans have deviants, but I've forgotten what the human deviants say. So they said every race has a form of deviance, and the scroll are the deviants of a specific race. Okay. But they wiped out that race, so they're a race of deviants. Okay. And that's why they, I think that's why they have like the shape shifting ability and stuff like that. And that's why, if you look at like their chin and faces, it kind of looks a bit like Thanos. Yeah, they do. Because, like, because, because Thanos is a deviant and so are the Skrull. Yeah. And like, so I think another issue is, is like, if you go deep into the lore, you know, you have like, you've got the X-Men were mutants. So then Marvel also introduced like inhumans who are like human beings who have like Cree DNA. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that they were talking about, like in the agents of shield TV show, it's the main focus is on inhumans because inhumans have like powers, but it's based on the fact that the, the Cree wanted to make like a, a super soldier army. So they injected human beings with Cree DNA which resulted in them gaining was powers. Was Captain Marvel like part Kree? I remember reading somewhere. What, what's the story? Yeah, so Marvel? so yeah. the issue is is that uh, big issue is like Captain Marvel in the original comics was that it was her interaction with Captain Marvel, which was Jude Law's character, is how she got her powers. But because the director was like, "Oh, that's kind of wrong that a woman got her powers from a man," and it kind of makes it look really bad, so they were like, "You right. know what? She got her powers from actual Captain Marvel, who was a a woman Cree scientist, and she got her powers from actual the Tesseract." Oh, right. Okay. So, so really, she actually gets her powers from I think from Captain Marvel, who actually they end up mar- she ends up marrying. But in like in the MCU, they wanted to change that, so she actually gets it from the the. The Tesseract. And it's actually Marvel, actual Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so that's her husband in the comics and also the scientist in the Captain Marvel films. So she calls herself Captain Marvel based off um, Captain Marvel. Okay, fair. I suppose had a bit of a twang to it. Okay, mm. interesting. Okay, so going back to the episodes, how would you rate the first few episodes so far? Which one was your favourite and why? I would say episode two, because one of the things that we did see is like, 
the the relationship with with Talos and Nick Fury and actually how frayed it is. And I think yeah. the, one of the key scenes of the whole series so far is that discussion on the train and the fact that both of them, you could technically say are correct and both of them are right. But then you could also say both of them are wrong. Like Talos should not have brought millions of Skrull to a planet of people who really hate, them, hate each other. And the fact that he didn't tell Nick Fury at all Mm-hmm. And that is literally a violent faction of the of the Kree, not the Kree of the Scroll, and there could be millions of them. And like he doesn't know how far that's gone. But then you also could say that Nick Fury's wrong. Is that what do you expect him to do? Like Nick Fury had yeah. gone for five years. He never knew he was coming back. He can't just sit there waiting for for somebody else to find a solution. He actually tried to find a solution of his own. Yeah, that's fair. Because I think for us as fans, we're like, of course they're going to bring Nick Fury back. But if you think about it, like, Talos never knew Nick Fury would be coming back. And then even when he came back, remember, he's like, you went up to the moon. You're like, I, ca- I can't be on Earth anymore. I have to go back into the stars. That that bit was hilarious. So like, when he was doing that whole motion, I think. And the fact that, was it? No, that was episode one where they, when he shoots the, 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 the scroll and he's like, I could have done it. I could have handled it. Yeah. I think that also kind of like frayed the relationship because I think he's like, there's only an X amount of us left. So I don't want to have to kill a scroll unless I have to. Yeah. Fair. He's got that philosophy. He also is a, a failed general as well. So he's probably yeah, got yeah, yeah. like a inferiority complex for that yeah. and you know and, uh, I think it's the third episode him and Gravik are sitting down at the restaurant yeah yeah, yeah. and um, yeah I don't know what Gravik says at the end like oh whilst I'm there with your daughter and he's just, like, <laughs> he picks up a knife and stabs his hand like I was like damn <laughs> like, that was badass yes, move yeah, very badass yeah. I love the uh, sort of the cinematography of that scene of everyone in the table around him just standing up and looking like Gravik yeah, Gravik, Gravik, suddenly that was really cool. Also, the end of episode one, where Gravik turned into every person that Nick Fury had seen for the past few days, one after the other, and it's just like messing with Nick Fury's head. Like, how long has he known and been following me? Because I remember yeah. just before the bomb goes off, he turns into like the old man at the pub. He turns into the woman that was kissing the. He turns into the little girl that he saw as well. So it's like. Throughout his whole time in Moscow, Gravik He's has been, been watching him, him yeah. throughout the whole time. I yeah, yeah, completely missed that bit, but that's pretty. Cool. Yeah, that's and I think that really stuff. put him off. Was like, so literally, he's been following me my whole time here. Yeah, very good, like shock and all that. So especially with the ending with like you know, Maria, Agent Maria Hill, like oh goodness me. Also, just one quick point, like I don't know why they did it, but Talos is actually a bad guy in the comics, and he's like. And the reason he's a bad guy is like he's the only Skrell that can't. He's one of the only Skrells that can't change into other people. He has like a rare condition that uh, prevents right. him from turning into t- to being able to shapeshift. So it kind of like brought on a complex like he has to do more. Yeah. So then he makes him like a really evil, evil character. But I don't know why they. Maybe because just to fit the storyline for like Captain Marvel, well, they actually made Gravik it. actually exist in the law. I'm not sure. I can I can check and then we can like um, probably do when we finish off the season try and talk about if he is actually in the the comic book law. But yeah, it's just weird to me that Talos was like a full on villain and was like the only scroll that couldn't turn into couldn't be a shapeshifter because of like he had a genetic. I think he had like a genetic disorder which 
didn't allow him to turn into others. So he overcompensated for being overly cruel. Imagine you had a, as a squirrel, you had a genetic condition that means you get stuck on one person. Like, <laughs> you become like Donald Trump and you're just stuck with that, that, <laughs> that orange mm. tan line. You can't even lose yeah, the tan yeah, line. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. God, that'd be horrible. We should start a charity for them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that is quite cool that they've changed his character, but then perhaps this could be like his well, transition yeah, into something be. evil yeah. that, Gravik is just a stepping stone character at the end of this season. It could be that, that would actually, actually be becomes amazing. the main villain. That would be amazing. You see the arguments he has with Nick and Fury, Nick Fury, and they're so justified. Sometimes the best villains are the ones who like the most. The arguments you can empathise with the most. Yeah, like, yeah. Thanos was good because you know he kind of picked up on our angst about climate change and overpopulation and stuff. Like just wipe out half people. Perfectly balanced as all things should be. I mean that's so wrong. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, by yeah. no means endorsing and then that. also means that in time we'll have to then do it again and then again and then again and then again so technically it's not solving the issue yeah, if you think about it because then he's just delaying the inevitable he is inevitable <laughs> <laughs> exactly there you go you just played into his argument well done so what do you what do you think we've got next in the next few episodes mm. what do you think's coming based off what you said like it would be interesting if they like what if like Gravit captures Talos and then does an experiment that prevents Talos from changing anymore. It could be and that. that could then lead on to Talos being the character that you see in the comic books and that he becomes the main villain at the end of the season. That would be amazing. Cause like to your point, it's like if it, if it's done correctly, villains that were good people with good intentions, but you see them change because of society are some of the greatest villains that people love on in cinema and on, yeah. and on television like Two-Face and like the yeah. Dark Knight and like even like the Dracon Phoenix in the Joker people loved it because it was like he didn't just become this person it was that society what happened in society was pushing him towards it ah, like, it's so relatable wasn't it it's almost too relatable because they talk about how like you know mental health services are underfunded yeah. and stuff and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> too, too real too real too yeah. real it's like when we're talking about um, Star Trek history and like at some point in the 21st century there was a third world war and it's like <laughs> did this get too close, yeah, too, too close too close too soon too soon it could be that it could be that Talos becomes the main villain but we'll see but there are the warning signs that his daughter's dead at his hand that could drive him a bit he get really yeah. pissed trying to take up Gravit Gravit could capture him torture him do that thing to him so he can't change yeah. And then who knows, maybe if um, Nick Fury just kills Gravik in like a bad way. Or potentially, I think what could happen is that Nick Fury... Another thing I like about the show is that people keep telling Nick, oh, maybe you need some extra help. It's like, no, I can do this. I can do this. I can do man. this. What if we find out in the series he can't? Or or he tries to, but then what if he trying to take out Dravik? A graphic takes out maybe thousands of scroll has thousands of scroll and that's what turns Talos because he's like, you know what, I've had enough and then decides to like leave Earth with the remainder and then decides to go back to warring again to then fight and claim a planet instead of actually actually waiting to, to find a specific one that's good for them. Exactly. And you've seen him, you know, when he was fighting the other scroll and Nick Fury shot the other mm. one. Maybe he's got a big issue with, you know, humans killing scroll. And on yeah. top of that you know, when the rest of human population finds out, which they're starting to, yeah. by the looks of it, 
their reaction is probably going to be extremely negative and very xenophobic to the Skrull. So yes. that might push Talos into a corner where it's like, well, they're against us now, so I have to yeah. protect my yeah. people. I can't fail them again. Yeah, you can just see the like what happened in X-Men, like... Like with, with especially with like Magneto having to go going through the Holocaust and then being mistreated because he's like a mutant. Yeah. And like mutants are still human beings. Like what would they do to a complete alien species? Yeah, it's true. It's true. And you see that in a lot of you just you see that in a lot of science fiction, like mm. districts. District, District nine, nine yeah. yeah. That was a good look into it because obviously it's showing a lot of parallels with like the situation in South Africa, but also kind of thinking what if aliens did come but why if they're not as you know they're advanced technology but we can't really communicate with them yeah. and they're you know how would we house them on our planet and stuff like that that's another concept of, yeah. rather than the technologically superior aliens coming to wipe us out or technologically superior aliens coming to give us a helping hand into the galactic federation this is one of like what if aliens came to our planet as refugees how would we treat them because look how we Treat, treat them yeah, today, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think another thing that I did like about District 9 is that they didn't make the aliens like... You know, you've got like aliens like the the, the, the Kree that look almost like humans, but they're just blue. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, I, people can like get away with, oh, well, they're just like us, but they're blue. But like in District 9, it's like, no. They're actually alien. They don't them, look yeah. like us at all. So that then brings in more of like, as you said, the, the xenophobia, the, the fear as well. Yeah, I do appreciate, like, in these science fiction universes when their costume department or CGI department, how they like to, goes to at a good extent of making aliens look alien. Yes. Because it's just so, you know, it's the easy escape to do, yeah, like, yeah, space yeah. elves. Yeah. You know, like, all aliens look humanoid. They've all got two legs. They all somehow can speak English eventually, two eyes. Or they're, like, space elves. Like, it's just copied in so many universes, like Warhammer. you got the Eldar. Um, you've got the, um, in Star Trek, the... Uh, Vulcan and Romulan. Yeah, just basically. I think Star those. Wars has a grasp on that. Like, you've got, like, the Ithorians, who are the ones that, like, have the, you know, the, the neck like that, and they speak from either side of their, their long neck that sticks out. And they look... And I think Star Wars... Yeah, probably, sure. And I think, like, if you look at Star Wars, like, aliens, they have loads that don't look humanoid whatsoever. Like, you've got ones that it seems like their head is upside down. Like their jaws up, their jaw is literally, their eyes are there and their jaws up there. And like, they've got a beard that sticks down like that. And I think, uh, maybe I'm and I think, to remember. And I think that's one of the things I think Star Wars has is that they've got more like alien looking aliens. They do, but the way they use them is they're always like side characters. Yeah, it's yeah, very rarely yeah. like main. I think that they're, they're stuck on the thing that no one wants to see like, something that's full-on alien. They have to at least resemble humans to a degree for people to be interested. Exactly. This is the thing I was thinking about with um, Secret Invasion. So Gravik, you very rarely see him in a scroll form because it's difficult to act with all that makeup and stuff on. You can't... There's not really many facial expressions. Um, So it's a bit of a difficulty when it comes to making these science fiction shows of aliens because yeah. like the more makeup you put on and the less more expressionless they look so the less of an impact mm. they may have depending on what you want to do yeah and then this they have to like why doesn't Garrick turn into a scroll you know when he's at that table with all the other 
uh, Skrull that have taken over world leaders. He just remains in his human form the whole time. Also, why are they speaking English to each other? No, he speaks in the Skrull language briefly yeah, at the table. Yeah. Like, even when they're at the rebel base, like, all these rebels and stuff, like, there's no humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're all still in their human form. It's like, you know, in the first episode, Amelia yeah. Clark, well, I could love how we call her Gaia. Amelia uh, Clark, she'll always be Amelia Clark. Um, yeah, they welcome that new Skrull who comes in. Yeah. It's like, this is a safe space. In here, we are real forms. And then, like, you don't see her real yeah, form yeah. until she yeah. dies at the end. Or, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, you have to give a lot of pardons for this because there's reasons why they need to show people's faces. But yeah. I would like to see them speaking at least Skrull to each other in their human forms when, you know, non-real humans aren't around. That would be nice. Yeah, but I think it just goes back to like stere American stereotypes is that they don't like subtitles for long periods of yeah. time. So I think what they could have done is like, well, they could have done like this cop out that you have, um, you can have two versions. So if you don't, you can dub it in, in the Skrull language if you want to and see the scene in, with the really? Skrull language. Um, no, that's something they, they could have done. Oh, they could have done. Which was, and I 100% agree when they're in that the Skrull council meeting, like it's just them. It's like if they, they shouldn't be fearing if someone's listening or yeah. watching because they literally turn into scrolls. So literally, they should be speaking the language unless they were like, they probably come up with saying something. Oh, um, they agreed only to speak scroll in specific times until they reclaim their, they have their own planet type thing. I mean, it could be, but they should say that on the show. <laughs> they should say yeah. that. And then when Talos is talking to like, um, what's his name? Gra Gravik. They're surrounded by well, yeah, and when all the scroll just speaking scroll, like uh, another thing as well. Um, what did I pick up? I'm very good at pointing bad, pointing out bad things. It's a bad habit. Um, oh, oh, it's gone past me now. Well, yeah, okay, going back to Samuel Jackson saying, I know some good looking scroll, and you certainly ain't one of them. They all look, the, no offence them, they all look the <laughs> same in their, like, scroll form. They're all, like, goblin-esque yeah, creatures. Yeah, yeah. There's very little that defines them. And that's something I appreciate in science fiction universes where they show diversity in alien races. So, I'd say Mass Effect, not so much. They couldn't really do it. They only showed, and they kind of well, tried to make a, like, make a, a fallback position in that, that humans were known for their diversity, whilst yeah, other alien races yeah, were yeah. very single genetic Cody. Yeah, but then I think what they say is like, to us, what's the difference between one crocodile and another? <laughs> yeah, true. Like, and I think like, especially the fact that, especially if we talk about Mass Effect, the Salarians are basically like amphibians. Yeah. Like, so apart from like the different color of frogs, what are the like differences that, we, that an average person can spot? So I think that's uh, what that's they try and point, use. Yeah. Like, oh, because we're not aliens, we don't know the difference between them. But I guess we're like Asari. At least you get some Asari who are like, you know, different colors. But yeah. that's well, know, even Krogan. Color. Krogans are in different colors, but they yeah. still have the same like core features. That I think it's just at times it's like you know it's simple. We, we don't want to break the, the game engine having so many different things. Yeah. They're aliens. Everyone knows they're aliens. Just have them in different colours. Yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I guess, yeah, and then just production value. It must be so much to like try and introduce something like that on top of everything else they have to do. Okay. So, 
some other final notes. I love the um, intro, cut, uh, intro theme, and oh, okay. yeah, that's really cool. You know, that's all AI. That's all AI generated. Yeah, really. yeah. My brother was telling me like that's some fans don't like it because it's all AI. But I was like, I don't understand why they're annoyed with it. Like. I think they're saying, oh, because then it brings about the, the fact that you've got, like, AI can then replace, replace like, um, artists and then yeah, potentially like, further on, like, replace actors and mm. script writers. But I was like, like, it's like, it's just the one thing. Like, if it advances further, then it's something to say. But it's like, you could kind of tell it was, like, AI. Because, like, if you, like, watch... You know, on Instagram, when people have got like AI pictures that constantly move and change, yeah, it kind of looked a bit like that. Yeah, a little bit, sort of blurriness in the yeah. shapes. Like I keep seeing all these videos of like the Rock eating a plate of spaghetti, and it's like, yeah, it's horrifying. Or like Donald Trump and Joe Biden yes, eating yes, spaghetti. Yeah. It's always spaghetti. They get this AI to do it. This AI, if it's developing a sentience, it must be like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> they, they just want me to show celebrities eating spaghetti. spaghetti yeah. 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 Um, oh, but that's cool. I didn't know that was AI. That's um, an interesting little one. I guess our concept artists would be getting worried as well because, you know, a lot yeah. of the cool stuff in these Marvel TV shows and movies is those intro scenes I always find are quite cool. They have, like, yeah. they even make it colourful and pretty or realistic with the actual actors. Yeah. Any uh, final thoughts on you from you on episode one to three and beyond? I'd say that it's a really good start to a series. I kind of wish, like, there was more... And it's, like, keeping with the, like, Winter Soldier vibes of, like, spy-esque type stuff. And I think the main thing for me is, like, how much of, like, this series will have an impact on the greater, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, this could, like, have, especially if they're able to develop the Super Skrull, and also if the Skrull then become, like, this huge force to reckon with, then that's, like, a major thing. But the question is, is, like, are they just going to do it like, oh, uh, the scrolls have died down and they've agreed to, to 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 friendly terms with humanity? And you're like, so then, so then, you, when are you actually going to get to the big stage of like showing us what the true potential of the scroll is? So the question is like, what is the impact of this show? Is this going to be like, the rest yeah, of the and how will it affect with the the rest of the Marvel universe? Well, yeah, because it'd be interesting to see. Is you know they've said that they don't want to bring in inventors because they don't want them to get copied, but then how do we know that's not happened yet? And you say it yeah. has happened. So I think there'll be a twist at the end. They might defeat Gravik and maybe Talos might become the arch villain. But then like, you know, I feel like the Avengers are going to come in at some point and you're going to find out, oh, people are like, oh crap, he's a scroll. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Thing, yes, yeah. Oh, whoa, yeah, yeah. man, didn't read the yeah. comic books. Oh crap. Yeah, I think we, we will see something like that. I'm quite excited for that. Just before we finish, I always, I really got to stop doing this, but looking at Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think, what do you think the uh, critic average tomato meter score is for? For the first three, because uh, I did see like the IMDb score, which was like 73. Yeah, I've got to admit, this, critics are quite harsh. I've come into this with a sceptical mind. I literally was watching it with a flat male, I'm like, I bet this is going to be crap. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm committed now, I yeah. like it, yeah. What would you say? Um, For the, it's so far, just rated accumulatively. If I was to give it my rating, I would say 79%. But I think, as you said, they're probably going to be more critical. They'll probably give it like maybe 69. <laughs> so the average tomato meter score is 61%, which mm. is 
pretty harsh, but they're still certified as fresh, so they don't think it's rotten, so that's uh-huh. good. The average audience score is 71%, which even still, I mean, I'd say this is, you know, I wouldn't say this is like iconic, long-lasting yeah. cinema, but I'd say it's still pretty good. But the thing for me is, like, I never get, like, I think it's just like the rating culture. Like, how can you rate a TV series with just like, sometimes they start rating after the first episode. I'm like, yeah, but it's like a season. It's like rating a film after the first three scenes. It's like, how can you rate a film by its first three scenes? You can only rate it by the complete finished um, product. Yeah. Some things are slow burners as well. Like Andor's quite a slow burner. Yeah. yeah. And it probably also depends on how they release episodes. It's like Andor, they release the first three episodes all at once. If you watch them one by one, they'd, just prob- they'd probably have a lot of viewers drop yeah, out after yeah, episode would, two. Yeah. Um, so that probably has something they factor into critics' score. And also, let's be honest, critics' score can be so wrong sometimes. Like yeah, the Last Jedi, <laughs> we're both very vocal about that yeah, yeah. in our opinions about it. So it's well known. Okay, well. I don't want to say any more spoilers. We possibly have ruined the next few episodes <laughs> for of everyone, Invasion, yes. but thank you for stopping by, audience, to listen to us talk about Secret Invasion. We'll be back in maybe one, two weeks, whenever the final episode's air, mm. to give our conclusion of yes. it all and um, quote some badass Samuel Jackson lines. <laughs> that I will. That I will. If you love us very much, audience members, please, please do remember to click the notifications button and give us a like and a follow, maybe a comment, in which case I will get back to you with a personalized message. <laughs> and we are happy to say that we've officially got was it over 1,000 subscribers yes, yeah. as part of the uh, Pick Up The Mic network. That's some big deal, you know. We can't do any of this without you so i just want to say i love you (laughs) yeah and leave it there thanks folks um please listen to pick up the mic network please give us a follow and we will see you next time bye bye see you folks